Hello, this is Tyler Posey, and you are listening to Not Another Teen Wolf Podcast. And welcome to Not Another Team Wolf podcast number 142. Today we're going to be talking about the season six winter finale. So this is episode 10, Riders on the Storm. As usual, if you want to get into contact with us, you can find us at NATW Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. That's also our Gmail account. Or you can find us on Tumblr at notanotherteamwolfpodcast.com. I'm Karen, once again joined by Natalie to talk about the winter finale. Hi. Hi. How are you feeling about this? I don't know. Very confused. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to talk about. And a lot of, like, really tiny things that, I mean, we usually pick apart the episodes pretty well, but little tiny things that I just keep freaking out over and, I don't know, I'm... I'm sad, of course, because this is the final season, but, like, also ridiculously happy at the same time. Mm. You do not share my enthusiasm. <laughs> well, I, I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know. As we said, we're going to get there. Like, I'm very confused as to where they're meant to go from here. Like, as to what yeah. the show... And as to why that they framed this... At, they framed this episode as a series finale... Yeah. But also, kind of, if it was a series finale, it's not enough, if you know what I mean. And it, But we know it's not a series finale, but they fully framed it like one, as opposed to... I don't know, like, it, it, it did not end where I expected it to end. Like, it, it ended at the point I expected it to end at the end of the whole season. That wouldn't have been enough for you? Mm, the end end might have, but this story probably wouldn't have. Like, the, the Ghost Rider story and the solution to the Ghost Rider story probably wouldn't have. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, just, I have some questions about that, too. I just feel like that they tacked on an ending to this episode that was an episode decide, you know designed for maybe a, the season finale, and there, there might be reasons for that. But, yeah, we'll, we'll go into it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's jump into quotes first. Um, you go first. I... I suppose I'll go first, yeah. So this is when Mr. Douglas is trying to attack Liam and Scott, and he's like, I'll have a true alpha by my side, and then a banshee, a were-coyote, and Styles comes busting through the door, and he's like, a Styles? <laughs> and Mr. Douglas goes, a what? And then Styles just bashes him in the face with the bat. And it was, we, it was weird. We got several entrances from styles mm. this episode because he kept meeting up with people revealing to people yeah. yeah and it was it wasn't everybody all at once so he got those like that cool moment that like team wolf does a lot where the entrance and you know the camera pans to the person's face and it's all happy and everything mm. they got to do that several times with styles in this episode but this one might be my favorite one because it was just oh it was so great yeah 
It was, and that was the uh, the follow. You know, the following bit was the bit that was in the the trailer. The you know that was a bad guy, right? I didn't misjudge that. Yeah, <laughs> it was so funny. And I will just go out on a limb and say my favorite quote of the episode. Well, my favorite. <laughs> my favourite sound that came out of someone's mouth during the episode is the weird little moan that Scott made when he saw Styles. basically. Like, his kind of involuntary, like, cry when he saw Styles. I, I re-watched it again, and I, could, I thought maybe that was Styles actually. Like, it, the camera was on Scott, but it didn't sound like Scott made that sound. It kind of sounded know. like Styles made it off camera. I don't know. I I kind of think it was Scott, but maybe it wasn't. Anyway, either way, was, it was adorable. <laughs> yeah, was my favorite vocal noise of the episode. But my actual quote was also related to them in that when they are. I I love the dynamic. I love that he came back and it wasn't like, oh my god, I remember you or anything. It was like, everyone knows what's up. Everyone's aware that, oh my god, he's been gone and I've forgotten him and now he's back. It's not like, oh yeah, that guy. It's all back, if you know what I mean. So they're, they're back yeah. to normal dynamic. There's no kind of adjustment period of like, oh yeah, that's right. Um, but they they go out looking for the train track nonsense. And um, I think it's Scott that says it to Styles. I can't remember. I can't remember who says what, but I think it's Scott says, want to split up? And Styles mm-hmm. says, never again. Um, and then they go off together to, to do it. And it was just very cute and a lot. And Scott says, thank God, right after that. And they <laughs> just like walk off together. And it's, oh, it's so cute. Yeah. It was... <sighs> I felt very strongly about them in this episode, and, and I've you know I've been someone who in the past has not questioned them, but kind of been like, like what's going on with these two? What is it that you know? Is it just a product of circumstance or, or whatever? The, this episode, and, and maybe it's you know the dynamic of having Dylan back, and like you know what the actors are putting into it, because it would have been quite an odd circumstance for the actors as well. Like I would really actually love to talk to Posey at some point about what, about how he felt about making the season without Dylan. But, um, yeah, I think that they did such, such a good job together in this episode. So it was really, really nice to have that back. Yeah. Well, let's jump into it then, because right off the top of the episode, Styles comes back and we first see him in the train station where the sheriff holds off the ghost riders so that he can get to his friends. And even this moment was just, it was really brief and it was kind of sad that it had to be so brief, but the reunion between this, between Styles and the sheriff was kind of emotional (laughs) for me. Like, there's a lot of things that happen in this episode very fast that I'm a little confused by. Um, but yeah, basically, so they've both been, you know, they're both in the place where stuff is, is taken. They see each other and the, you know, sheriff's like, we'll find each other again. You go, apparently because this, this rift will only work for styles. It won't bring everyone back. Right. It's not like everyone can just go through the rift now that it's open. Apparently it only works for the person being remembered. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So that's why he's like, you go, you go, you can get out. 
And when Styles finally does go through the rift, he doesn't walk out to where Lydia is. He actually reappears where he was taken in his mm-hmm. Jeep. And that moment of, like, the empty Jeep, it turns on. Then all of a sudden you just see his hands grip the wheel and then he, like, pops up. It was just, it was so Styles and it was so perfect and it was a little silly, but it was also, like, really triumphant. And I thought they did a really good job with that. Yeah, no, so did I. And I wonder if that's, like, the whole coming out, like, thing, you know, where you're taken is is normal or if it's just if, you know, people haven't come back in this circumstance before. But, um, yeah, if he wasn't going to come through the portal into their arms, then, yes, this was was good. Um, So, And I think that is what happens when you return because at the end when we see, like, all the deputies, they all pop up back into the, the sheriff's station. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And one of the lines that I really liked in this episode was during this scene um, between Malia and Lydia, when Malia just says, Styles isn't coming here. If he was, he would have, and he hasn't, so he's not. And it's just like Malia logic, and obviously, like, makes a lot of sense, because if Styles was going to be there, like, he was, and... It was just a great line, another great delivery. Like, I know every episode we're like, but Shelly is so amazing, and I just had to say it again. No, she was in this episode. She was really good. Like, in the tra- like in the train station when she's trying to wake the people up, where she's like, come on, people, let's go. All right, like, yeah. everything, like, her body language. Just the way she looks in those, like, shorts and boots and stuff. This character is so whole to me, Malia, and I just, I just love her and so much. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, like, she's really well written, but I think so much of that comes from Shelley herself, because a lot of that is in, like, little mannerisms that they don't necessarily tell the actors, you know, that's something that you kind of come up with yourself to, like, get yourself into that character, and and the way that she just moves and reacts to things is brilliant. Mm. Yeah. She is really... Yes, yeah, she's really incredible um, at at a character like this. So I'm, I'm, yeah, keen to see what happens next with her. Like in terms of if she kind of does any any more work that is, um, you know, that involves such an a new, unusual personification, basically. Like you know, that's something that's not just like I am acting like a normal girl in whatever way. That she, you know, gets something that's really yeah, unique again, because she clearly has the capacity for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, she could always just go back to the soaps. <laughs> <laughs> Which she is, but... <laughs> I mean, it's it's really cool that, like, an actress with that background can, you know, go out for a show like this and then embody such an unusual role, you know, and, and not have any hang-ups about that or, like, not um, you know, try to make it something different or whatever, like, um, like, the fact that 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 would be her background and that, that she would then, um, basically play a feral child is, um, is really, really interesting as well. Yeah, she's super talented. Mm. Speaking of all those people that she sees, though, Mr. Douglas is merging the worlds. So the train station is coming into the real world where, you know, the pack exists. 
And so train tracks show up all over town. And, you know, this is where we first get like Styles coming in and saying like, bad guy, right? I didn't misread that, which was really great. And speaking of that, actually, I wanted to say that Teen Wolf Without Styles is a good show. I still love it. And this season, even though he's only been in three episodes, has been a really solid season. And it hasn't felt like it was necessarily lacking anything. But him coming back makes this show feel so complete in a way that, like, we've lost plenty of characters over the years. But it's always been sort of easy to move on. I mean, yeah, like, I wish Isaac would come back and I miss him and, like, the way that... Um, Jackson interacted with people like it's always nice to have them there but I can move on and I can you know continue with the story I think the closest person that came to it feeling really weird was Allison because she was such a huge part of the show to begin with Mm. but Styles being there the way that he interacts with everybody what he brings what Dylan brings to the show is so unique that like it felt so good to have him back for the winter finale. Yeah, it yes, I don't think that it is a yeah, a show designed to survive without him. So, um yeah, so it and it sort of just incidentally ended up having to. So, yes, it was certainly kind of a level of settling back into what's normal and and just things seeming a little easier and brighter and I don't know all of that kind of stuff which is obviously really really portrayed in in the episode as well in the way that he kind of just like handles the situations that they come into but yeah I kind of like that there's like this sort of comedy of errors like a farce where you know he he's running around the school and then Scott and Liam are running around the hospital and then the girls get to the school and he's not at the school anymore and everyone's kind of, like, chasing each other around the town. Um, I don't even know what to say about the merging of the worlds and the train tracks crossing over because I don't understand it. Like, I am going to need someone from the show to sit me down and be like, this is what's happened and this is why, because I understand literally nothing about what's going on with the crossover of the way station world and the real world and what the train actually does zero things about this i understand just so you know the train i don't necessarily know what that does we'll get into why the worlds are merging in a little bit maybe i I know why that like you know we have that which comes up you know like how i know how i just don't know why or like what it achieves well this allows Mr. Douglas to have the Ghost Riders permanently in the real world so he can have his army. Okay. I guess. (laughs) I'm still like, I'm like, okay, there's a train. I have no idea why. Um, So I I need that spelled out to me in some way because I'm very confused. (laughs) Yeah, I, I ultimately well, understand what happened at the end. I just, I, I also just don't quite understand how it's a solution. We'll get into it. At the moment, Styles, he's back. Yeah, he even hugs Liam, which like I just, you know, their relationship has always been just like banter and not much, you know, love between them. But like he even hugs Liam, and I really liked that moment. Yeah, it was really cute. Um, he Styles hugs a lot of people and tells a lot of people he loves them in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I really wanted to tease on Twitter, like, um, wow, Styles tells someone really unexpected that he loves them in this episode and see how people <laughs> reacted. I would not do that because That's, I, don't, you're awful. I don't want to die, but I really wanted to. Um, uh, which is honestly an element I really liked. I really liked about the show. That it's it's something to kind of talk about at the end with him and Scott saying goodbye. But I really like that, like that. That's a you know the portrayal of you know them as as young men. Um, that, yeah, that they sort of that he can say that openly and casually and stuff about all of the people that he cares about. So that's good. Um. Yes, he hugs Liam. It's it's very cute. He this when he's crawling over to Scott with his arms out already, that's that's cuter though. He's Sorry. like flailing. It yeah. was it was so adorable. But what I also like about his return is like there's like you were saying, like they they get their reunion but they don't they don't focus on it too much. They don't linger there. Like Sal's gets there and he hugs Scott and he hugs Liam, but he's already solving problems. He's already going room to room, trying to find a way to put out parish and they do. And it's like, this is why styles is so good because he, he has the, the plans and he's a man of action. And I mean, Scott is too, but yeah, yeah, exactly. And the way that he, just knows what to do is yeah. really great to have that element back. Yeah, it's it's certainly that the parish thing I think was incredibly significant of him kind of doing that and um and him being to them like, you know, grab him, grab him now like and it's kind of this level of like I'm already five pages ahead of you, why aren't you catching up with yes. me? Which I yeah. love about him and like it's not you know, it's not necessarily like he's not being mean to them or anything like about it, but that's he's like He's like, why can't you see what's going on here? Come on, guys, what have you been doing without me? Which is literally exactly what they were saying. They're like, we need to find style, so style yeah. can make the solution. <laughs> yeah. And so there you go. Um, and, and I love it. I love that, he, you know, as soon as Parrish is put out, he's like, oh, shit, I did the thing again. And that, um, again, like, Styles is like, buddy, love you, but we're way past that. Like, so, you know, the fact that he can, like, hang around and be like, yeah, Parrish, I love you is is nice and that was the one that I was going to be like guys he says I love you to a very unusual new interest um but no obviously (laughs) that's not what it meant um it's just nice that that's the thing that he says to people apparently yeah and and they didn't necessarily like I mean Styles has been gone he finds out for three months and he you know everything has changed they could linger on that. He could be feeling depressed about, you know, the life that he mm. missed and all that. But they don't. Like, he, he's just so focused on the problem at hand. And I think a lot of people, when they return, would be disoriented and would be afraid. But he's just like, okay, got a problem to solve. Let's do this. And, again, I just – I really liked the way that they handled that. Yeah, he hits the ground running in, like, a big way. Yes. And yeah. I love it. And all the teamwork in this episode, too, was really cool to me. And I like that, first of all, Liam figures out that Corey is the one that's allowing the worlds to merge. And he decides that he needs to go into the wild hunt in order to stop it. And, like, Liam, love him, not necessarily the ideas guy. (laughs) And he's had some good ones in the past. Like, definitely not discounting that. He's had some bad ones, too, as they all have. But... 
this is a continuation of him stepping into this leadership role and kind of coming up with solutions himself, whether or not they're good ideas. And nobody thinks this is necessarily a good idea, but in the end, it it works out for him. Yeah, so basically he figures out that Corey is the one that has the power to kind of make things appear in both worlds so that they must be Mm -hmm. tapping into his power somehow. Which ends up yes. being true. I don't quite understand how. I guess we're just meant to be like, they just do. But yeah, like we said later when we see Corey, I'm like, okay, so they're using him, but I don't quite understand how. If you know what I mean, like I need for a show that really goes into the science. Sometimes I'm like, I need this broken down. I don't really understand what's meant to be happening. They're using his power, but how and what? Like, what exactly are the pieces going on here? Anyway, um. Before then, something very important happens, which is that Theo is in love with Liam. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> he just is now. That's what's happening. Um, he does. He comes and he rescues him. Yeah, he's like, I worked so hard to let you get free. What the hell are you doing? Yeah. Um, this really confused me, though, to be honest, because how did... Like, I understand that Theo was able to kind of cross into this world because the worlds are merging, but how did he wake himself up? Because... I don't, no, 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 I don't think he got taken. I don't think he... I, for me, the way that he was all, like, scratched up and, like... And the fact that um, Liam is, like, how did you get out or how did you escape? I think that, you know, he... Oh, he, so he let Liam go in the elevator. He battled the Ghost Riders, but he never got t- taken. That and he was still hiding out in the hospital. That was my impression. That might be totally wrong, though. Uh, no, I think you're right. That makes a lot more sense because, like we saw with Peter, like Peter couldn't wake himself up. He needed yeah. an emotional connection with somebody for that person to be able to get to him. So that makes a lot more sense that he didn't get taken. Okay, that's I cool. think he actually fought and won. Like, and that's why he looks so trashed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, or and fought that, and ran away. <laughs> yeah, and that he would, you know... but And it still allowed Liam to escape, and um, then Theo was like, I worked so hard to get you safe, and now you want to go back in? What the hell? Um, so, a.k.a. Theo loves Liam. Hashtag Theo. Um, yeah. but... <laughs> I also just really liked how Liam took that running jump off the ledge and landed on that horse. Poor horse. (laughs) It was great. It was so great. (laughs) This show sometimes. (laughs) I'm so glad we got a bit of weird horse comedy in here. Um, (laughs) It's, uh, you know, if there's going to be a cowboy element, there has to be some weird horse comedy. And who better than Liam to provide, really? (laughs) True, true. <laughs> Do you know how to ride a horse? Not really. <laughs> okay, so speaking of Peter and getting people to come out of the train station world, Malia has to call Peter dad and she has to mean it, which she's <laughs> none too happy about. Did you catch, by the way, the part where she like pretends to punch him in the face to see if he'll flinch? No, you've written this down and I've seen it twice and I did not notice this, but I believe It's it. right after she snaps in his face and then she does this like little thing with her fist and it's really subtle I didn't catch it the first time but she totally tries to punch him in the face to see if he'll flinch <laughs> greatest part of the episode hands down oh my god I need I need it I need it <laughs> She's so crazy. Oh, she is. But she has to create this emotional connection in order to wake 
Peter up and she doesn't want to, she resists, but she knows what's on the line. And this kind of does prove that she cares about her father. And we see later she goes back for him and, and helps him fight off the, the ghost riders. And not only that, but as we've seen before, Peter also cares about her and he, I assume this is how it works. He tries to attack them and kind of just on his own, nothing happens. But once Malia's life is threatened and he has that emotional connection with her and he goes specifically to protect her, that's when he's able to hit them. So the two of them, their relationship, while it's a little rocky, there's definitely something there that I'm hoping they'll continue to explore. Yeah, I mean, I was a little confused about um, the the emotional connection wakes people up. Like, I didn't, like, it, it, because it's not the same as the remembering. that She remembers Peter. She hasn't forgotten him. You know, they're not forgetting people that fast these days and everything's merging. So I don't understand where this, like, have we seen this happen before? Like, with the emotional? Well, technically, yeah, because both Scott and... Malia remembered Styles, but them remembering him didn't bring him back. It was Lydia's love and Lydia's emotional connection to Styles that was finally able to bring him back. Yeah, um, I, I don't, I don't quite know, like you know how 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 it, again, like how the the logic of or this situation is meant to work. How the 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 lore or whatever the um the mythology or the the rules of the mythology but regardless um malia i i i liked her little growl like when you know lydia was like come on you have to do it like the fact that her automatic objection is to growl like yeah (laughs) an animal is is always still hilarious to me I love how she's like, dang, sorry, I can't do this. <laughs> it was like, oh, when I, sorry, I can't help. Sorry. That. Yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting because, you know, I don't know how she feels about him, but she was certainly putting in something to for him in terms of, I think her lack of care for him may be real, if you know what I mean, or it may not be. But I think that she was able to get through to him because of his care for her, like that that he definitely had the care for her, and so that he she was able to, like, exploit that, kind of, in order to get him to wake up. I mean, it could be, it could be an equally two-sided thing, but um, she certainly had, you know, I think it was certainly more to do with him, you know, hearing someone that he cared about and, like, responding to that. Um... I also feel a bit bad for Bear Trap Dad still, because she clearly doesn't feel like that. You know, she clearly, she lives in a house with her father that adopted her and and raised her from birth. And, you know, to start calling someone else dad is quite a big deal. So, you know. It is, but I don't think that necessarily negates her relationship with Bear Trap Dad. Like, she can have two dads and have two relationships with them. And, you know, I think the thing with Malia is, I don't necessarily think that she has no feeling for Peter. I I think she wants there to be something meaningful between them, which is different than having something meaningful between them. I think that she wants him to be better, and the more that she sees him trying to be better, the stronger their relationship is going to grow. 
Yes, I would probably say so as well. I found it very interesting when we get to the end, like, who the quote-unquote pack is that is actually yeah. at Scott's side when he's, he's fighting at the end, so... <laughs> Yeah. I know. Oh my god, I love that part so much. Yeah. Um, but before we get there, uh, the the reason why that all comes together is that they figure out that they need to divert the train that's coming because if the train goes through Beacon Hills or if the train stops at Beacon Hills, then basically Mr. Douglas is going to win. So they have to pull the lever that switches the tracks that allows the train to keep on going. Okay, and, stop. can we just stop for a second? Yeah. Number one, where did they get this information? Parish. Parish. Number two, does this mean they've just condemned some other town? They would have, this is the thought that I have, they would have if they hadn't stopped the worlds from merging. Okay, take, explain that better. Okay, by diverting the train, it meant that the train didn't stop in Beacon Hills. Yep. So it would have gone on to somewhere else. However, because they pulled the plugs out of Corey as soon as they diverted the train, the world stopped merging and the train disappeared. Okay, but this still happens in other towns without the train being merged into the real world as well. The Ghost Riders still are able to do this in other towns without having them merged into the real world. Yes, but I think the difference here is that Douglas is bringing the whole world and all of the Ghost Riders into this plane of existence permanently versus the Ghost Riders just kind of having their job to do. So basically the Ghost Riders will just keep on doing this in other places. That That's my thought, too. It's not <laughs> like they defeated. It's not like they killed all of the Ghost Riders. They just stopped them from being stuck in Beacon Hills. Possibly yeah. not the best solution, but <laughs> if, if they're part of the natural order of things, then I don't know. You know. Then, yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, but I, I really like the lines between Scott and Styles here when they first see the lever that they can pull to um, change the direction of the train. And Scott's just like, wait, 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 it can't be that easy. And Styles goes, yes, it can, Scott. It can be that easy. For once, let's do easy. I, I actually really loved that. Like, I was like, I, I really loved that. Styles is so optimistic. And you're like, you know what? Yes. Yes, maybe it can be that easy. And he it's reaches out. <laughs> not even just optimism. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, we deserve this. Like, for fuck's yes. sake, kind of thing. <laughs> like, um, so, yeah, yeah, I kind of enjoyed that. But it's not that easy. And I, I was actually really shocked because um, Mr. Douglas takes both Styles and Scott. He he makes them disappear in a puff of green smoke. And I was like, oh my God, did they just get taken again? Like this was, it was so abrupt, kind of like when Sheriff was taken. And I was like, what does this mean? And I actually panicked for a minute. I was like, how do you go forward from here? But luckily they just get taken to different parts of Beacon Hills because Apparently the world's are Apparently them around the... World. Well, no, it's yeah. it's because the worlds are merging, so whereas they might have been taken to the train station before, they kind of just end up, you know, in the locker room or in the hallway because the worlds aren't quite separate anymore. Mm. But yeah. 
So the, this happens a couple of times, but when it really matters, Styles ends up in the locker room and a ghostwriter comes after him. And I had such a trauma flashback to Weaponized when that guy held the gun to Styles' forehead. Oh, I'm vaguely remembering it. Who was the guy? Really? Oh my gosh. It was, I'm pretty sure it was the, um... That was the guy... When they had the, the school, like, the epidemic, right? The one yeah, like yeah. The weird... Right, and remember Scott's father shot him, and the blood splatter ended yes. up in Scott's face. Oh, this yeah. scene was set. I I'm so surprised that you didn't like trigger something for you because no, this scene was set up so almost exactly similar to that scene. And the only difference was Style didn't actually grab the barrel of the gun and put it to his forehead. Oh, he just God. sort of stood there. But I but I have like, a visceral reaction. It was that teacher that used the the disease to make everybody sick. Ugh. Gross. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I oh, had such but, yeah. a physical reaction to seeing this. Like, it was horrible. And I was like, oh, I can't believe they're setting it up to look exactly like it did before. I don't know if it was necessarily on purpose, but, I mean, the shots are really similar. So... <laughs> There's that. But luckily, this time, Lydia saves them both with her powers, and we get the little, like, I didn't say it back, you don't have to exchange, and then they kiss. Yeah. And it was very nice. Yeah, I actually, you know, I actually really like this. Not that I, you know, not that I'm, like, a big objector or anything to them, like, you know, some people are. But, um... I really specifically loved this because it was so number one, the fact that he was like, you didn't have to is interesting that apparently that they both kind of knew where they were at before then. If you know what I mean? Like they, I don't know what they were waiting for before. If they kind of both knew that that's how they, they felt, but the, the kiss and more than that, the fact that they sort of collapsed into this kind of, hug of like reassurance and stuff like that it really and I've said it about Styles and and Lydia before it really reminds me of like people who are long-term partners like that was not a passionate kiss that was not like a sexual kiss that was not a kiss of like excitement or you know anything like that like it wasn't it wasn't a teen situation that was like a really you know we're 50 years old and I've just found you after a tsunami hit our holiday village if you know what I mean like (laughs) what do you know what I mean like it's not I absolutely know what you mean like and, and and like the reassurance of like the hug as well afterwards they their relationship is so highly developed that they are the kind of teen couple that if they got married the day after graduation, I'd be like, okay, but yeah, that's that's fine yeah. because they they they're already there. If you know what I mean, like it's not, oh, I'm so immature, I don't know what I'm doing. That what their connection and the way that they relate to each other already surpasses that, and um, they never they would never break up for like a trivial reason. If you know what I mean, like oh, it's just not working out. 
like, after what they've been through. Like, it is so much further than that. It is, like, they literally have no other option in the world except to be with each other. Not just because of what... Not like it's forced because of what they've been through, uh, but just because... It's kind of just like this is all that was left. Like, as in, this is the only thing left for them to do. There's nothing else left for them to do, like, to cement their partnership, if that makes sense. Yeah, it completely makes sense to me. And it feels that way at the end, too, where they kind of just look at each other. And you're right, I think that hug speaks volumes because it's not like they're kissing to, like, make out and to, like, get to the next level. They kiss, they reassure each other, they're there, They and then they hug, and it's this hug that's, like, so desperate because it's like, finally you're back. Finally this is the way that things should be. And it's... You're right. It's so much deeper than just a typical like teen romance. It's their friendship for several seasons now has been so mature. And finally, they're just both kind of at the same place. I mean, I think they were, but I think they weren't necessarily admitting it. And there was a lot of other things going on. But now they're here and it just makes sense. Yeah. And I I actually think when we get, you know, the end the end scene at the locker, I think that that look was more sexual than the kiss by, like, yeah. a lot. Like, they, they, there was more like, <laughs> oh, oh, now what? We're, we're going out? Okay, this is going to be fun. I think there was more of that in that look than in the kiss by a long shot. Like, there was nothing, yeah. nothing like that in the kiss. And so I, I really was was happy with that. I was kind of like, yeah, cool, all right. Uh, you've sold this to me. Like, it's six seasons, you've sold this to me. It's, <laughs> let, let's go. Like, it's fine. Yeah. And the fact that it was after Lydia saved him and, like, you know, all that, all that good mm-hmm. stuff. But uh, speaking of, <laughs> meanwhile, in the train station, we get this I can't believe you just missed a meanwhile back at the ranch opportunity, you know. Well, it's just... Whatever. We get this standoff between Chris and a ghost rider, which was completely ridiculous. Oh, so stupid! And I know that it was, like, funny. Like, it was funnier. Yeah. (laughs) But I was just like, wow, you guys are really going for this. And it is is very funny. Very funny. I mean, you get, like, the shots of the eyes. You get the shots of the fingers twitching. I mean, the whole... Thing was set up and it's so like honestly it it takes you out of it a little bit because this is not the normal thing that Teen Wolf necessarily does no. and yet and yet it works so well and I loved like every part of this I love when Sheriff or uh, when Chris gets the gun and he shoots the ghost rider and he's like I gotta get me one of these and we know like he's a weapons expert and he collects things and I bet he keeps one of them and he's gonna put it in a little display case and I like that he I like that he for him how I can kind of rationalize the ridiculousness is that for him he probably if he's you know you know a weapons junkie and stuff and more it's more than just the job he probably appreciates like the you know the art of it and whatever 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 he probably grew up like as a child like you know watching a you know a western standoff in a movie yeah. and thinking it was like the coolest thing ever and he was like, when am I ever going to get to have a shootout with a cowboy again? <laughs> you know, like, um, so it was so dumb, but it was so funny. And, um, and 
when he finally does get the Ghost Rider, Melissa, that was so hot, and they kiss, and it was just, I mean, it's Macrissa. It's it happened. Uh, yeah, I was actually quite shocked. I was kind of like, oh, so this. I mean, yes, to us. You know, good to know that we weren't just hallucinating this apparent weird new chemistry that had come out of apparently nowhere um, in this season. And, you know, we've, we've rationalised a lot. We've been like, okay, this makes sense if it was, like, you know, a world where their interpersonal relationships were different due to, you know, Styles not being there and Claudia being there and all of that. Okay, fine. Interpersonal relationships are going to be super different apparently, um, you know, given that Melissa and, and Sheriff would have no memories of ever almost being a thing because, you know, he's already been married the whole time. And so this kind of dynamic makes sense, but then there's been the confusion of, like, well, not that much actually did change and we're just, you know, putting the Band-Aid over the Styles wound. Um, and so the Chris and Melissa thing, again, is it, it does seem a little odd and a little new if it wasn't due to the, the influence of the the Ghost Rider and Claudia. Regardless, here we are. Apparently this is this is happening now. And I you know, as I've said, I, I really do like this dynamic because to me it is really um one of we're both new people in a, in new stages of life and neither of us is hanging on to old baggage or affected by each other's old baggage. This is this is a new moving forward thing for us, whereas um, Melissa and Sheriff would have been, not in a negative way, but would have had a lot of baggage, would have been like, hey, I remember when your wife was live, I remember when your husband, I arrested your husband for hitting you and stuff. Like, that's a hard thing to have a relationship about. It's a very trustworthy thing to have a friendship about and, and, and a relationship about. You're like, yes, we know the history, we know where, you know, the damage comes from, or whatever, but it's still a hard thing to, like, adjust to, okay, well, now you're the person that I'm in love with, or living with, or whatever, um, with those memories, whereas if two people are kind of new to each other and, and come into each other's life after the baggage, it can be really refreshing, and, and like, okay, like, this is not a part of that, and that's kind of how I feel about Macrissa. And I'm okay with it. It is kind of weird. I need to know what Scott's going to say. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> it is very odd. Like, it, it on, like when you think about the history, like, if we ever rewatch it again from the start, and are like, oh, him and Melissa ended up together. That's so weird, like, watching Argent at the start and, and things like that. But... I don't know. It's there. I don't know whose idea it was or why it decided to go down, but it did. We got some Macrisses. We did. We did. Uh, but speaking of the sheriff and everything, we also get kind of a conclusion to the Claudia story as well, because Claudia finds Styles and Lydia, and we see her turn into a ghost rider. She she still very much looks like herself, but she's got that skin and, and the wrinkliness, and she's a little scary looking. And she tries to choke out Lydia, and then she tries to choke out Styles, and finally Sheriff comes and rescues them, and he shoots her, but nothing happens until Lydia steps up to the plate, and they she uses her powers to propel the bullet 
even faster, I guess, or something just kind of kickstarts it and they, they take out Claudia for good. And this moment is obviously significant because Styles realizes pretty quickly that it's not actually his mother. He doesn't get duped by Claudia's shenanigans. And the sheriff can separate the two of them and realizes also that she's not real, that his son is back, that this is what needs to happen in order for him and styles to be reunited without any like lingering issues between them. Yeah. And I mean, to this, cause they kind of said two things. Lydia both said that it was conjured from his father's pain and that it was conjured by the ghost riders. So mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure how that works. Is it kind of like the ghost riders just, you know, slip it in there and like, then it like, it's something that their power allows to exist. If you know what I mean? I think so. I think that his pain was so great that it sort of like the energy around that town, Canaan, allowed the hallucinations to come forth. Mm-hmm. His pain was so strong that it, it provided the opportunity and the wild hunt kind of provided the solution mm-hmm. or something that would, you know, allow him to stay distracted and everything. Yeah. So... All well, of your this headings is... in this document, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that you're not reading the mountains and you know announcing each portion as we get to it. That seems a little uh, egotistical. I don't know. I titles. Yeah, I put them in. Your mum is so ugly. Chapter four. I got myself a pack, bitches. I put them in there for you mostly. Oh. But while this is happening, uh, everybody else is fighting off Mr. Douglas and the Ghost Riders. And my God, I loved this scene so much because Mr. Douglas is all like, you of all people, Scott, should know what happens to a lone wolf. Why him of all people? Like, that doesn't even make any sense, Mr. Douglas. I think because he's a werewolf. Like, he understands, like, what an Omega, like, what happens when you don't have a pack. And But then Theo steps in, and he's all like, he's not alone, he's got a pack. And the fact that Theo is just like, it's, I, I'm here, like, I'm here to support, like, it's not anything about protecting himself or making sure that he survives this, watching on the sidelines, like, he's there to do a job, and it's definitely a 180 for Theo. I mean, it's been coming for a couple of episodes now, but still really gratifying to see. Yeah, he definitely, he's the first one to step up and be like, yeah, yeah I am, I am the, I am here. And then Malia's like, nope, nope, you're not. Yeah. So Theo says, he's got a pack and Malia's like, and Theo's not in it, but I am. <laughs> she hates me so much. And the way much. that he looks at her when she says that, Theo's like, hey, I've been helping. I want to be in the pack. Yeah, but objectively, maybe the best line of the episode is when Peter comes in and he's like, I'm not in the pack, but no one likes a Nazi. <laughs> Shut up, you're both in the pack, deal with it. <laughs> yeah. my answer to that, but still. Yeah. That is my recap title, by the way, No One Likes a Nazi, because, I mean, it's just so appropriate for these days and times. Oh my god. Yeah, um, I mean, god, all of 
Douglas got a bit weird at the end with all of his whole, like, you would have been a great, great in the Hitler youth. And I was just like, come on, please. Um, um, That was very, yeah, very weird. I still don't quite understand, like, there's so many things about Douglas that I don't understand. Um, In terms of... um, When, basically... We'll, we'll ca- carry on with the, the rest of the recap because um, it, it sort of comes more into the last point when they do succeed. Okay. Well, basically, then we get, like, this big, you know, battle scene, which was pretty cool. Lots of flips. Malia does this giant flip. It looked awesome. I loved it. You loved the flip. And the flip yeah. the hallway in the hospital, Scott did, like, a super un- yeah. flip. He so was, was like, Matrix. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, good times. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, I was just like, I, I just, uh, you know, it was just part of the, the fight there with, I guess, with Parrish, or was it with Parrish? I feel like there was bullets involved. Maybe it wasn't with Parrish. It wasn't with Parrish. It was with two Ghost Riders. Oh, okay. Well, they're all over this place, aren't they? So, yeah, he was doing some, like, flips off the walls that I was like, classic Teen Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> um, Derek so... Hale taught him well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay, back to the battle scene. Scott gets a whip, and he uses it to pull the lever, and the train is diverted. And then he roars, and... The junior pack can hear him, and they pull the tubes out of Corey, so it stops the merge from happening. And then when that happens, everybody gets poofed away, but they get poofed away back to where they were taken. And this was really interesting to me, because everyone that didn't know what was going on, so it didn't matter if you were human or supernatural, if you were involved in the Ghost Rider business and fighting against them, you remembered what happens. So we see Parrish remembers, we see that the sheriff remembers, but all the other deputies, everyone else, it's just a normal day. It's like nothing nothing happened. <laughs> yeah, and Sher- I love that Sheriff and Parrish are still just like, yep, I still yeah. <laughs> work here. I know that I'm evil, but it's not my fault. <laughs> um, <sighs> um, it is very odd that, that, that that's what ends up happening. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, I don't really, under- I still don't really understand the merging of the worlds. I don't really understand like how they were using Corey's powers. I know that they were. I, I just don't understand what they were connecting him to in order to kind of project that. It, it, they were connecting him to that big radio thing, which is how Styles was able to communicate to the real world from mm. the train station world. So it must be something that allows that path to be crossed. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure that it works in some way. It was really gross. It was pretty gross. Yeah, it was pretty gross. But good on Corey. He he was like, he knew his job, and it had to have really sucked, but he did it. Mm. So when that happens, the storm disperses, so we're assuming now that, like, the Ghost Riders can leave. They're... They're no longer stuck in the world. Um, But what I also found really interesting, and we've talked about before, in the Ghost Rider mythology that we looked up before this season started, in a lot of cases, the Ghost Riders have a leader. And that leader, like, we were kind of hoping to see maybe who was controlling the Ghost Riders and if that would end up being part of the bigger story in the finale. But... Peter says that the Ghost Riders have no leader, so when Mr. Douglas tries to claim that he's the leader, they sort of turn on him and make him a Ghost Rider. 
So it was a little bit of a departure from what we were expecting. I don't understand why Douglas thought he was going to be able to control them this time when he couldn't control them the first time and ran away in Nazi Germany. Well, he was controlling them for a while. Not really. Like, he was just sort of in the middle of it. To me, it just kind of looked like he was running around pretending that this was all his doing when it wasn't. True. I don't think he ever really gave them, like, specific instructions. Yeah, he was just kind of, like, standing in the middle being like, ha-ha, I'm in charge, and they're just like, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but it didn't work for him before, so I don't know why he thought it was going to work for him now. Um, and we Arrogance. Obviously, we obviously see that he gets made into a ghostwriter by them, um, but we don't really see how that would have happened for all of the people that they, they took, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, um, right. if, if the idea was to get them all to turn into ghost riders, it wasn't something that they really, you know, they weren't, they weren't moving too quickly on that one. They weren't like, you're a ghost rider, you're a ghost rider. It, it was apparently kind of done to Douglas as like a punishment or a shut mm-hmm. the hell up tactic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which worked in the end. Yeah. So that kind of takes care of those storylines. And, I mean, this did wrap up fairly nicely, but also we know the Ghost Riders aren't gone. Like, it's not like they all died, they all exploded. They just went back to where they came from. So the assumption is things are back to normal now. The Wild Hunt is no longer stuck in Beacon Hills. Kind of sucks because the Ghost Riders are still going to take people, but maybe it is a natural order kind of thing. Yeah, it kind of does not seem like a solution to the problem. I really feel like it's not. At least they saved Beacon Hills. They did fix that problem. But um, going into Last Day Ever, which is wrapping up the episode, Styles is super disappointed. It's so anticlimactic, he says. <laughs> and he goes, this can't be it. And I just didn't know if this was like breaking the fourth wall a little bit or like what was going on here, but it seemed very um, pointed. Yeah, oh, f- you you think that was pointed? I feel like what was pointed is that the rest of them left the room and he was sitting there alone in the room and then they turned the lights off. Like, if anything tells me that he's not going to be in the next half, it was that. That was Oh, God. That was a theater exit. That was, that was the, that was the lights going down on the character. Oh, oh, okay, I literally just had a pain in my chest. (laughs) I'm sorry. Oh. Maybe that won't, I feel like he's got to at least be in the series finale, but I don't know. I hope so. I mean, at the very least, like... It's funny because going into the season, I was like, no, like, Styles has to be there. And then I was like, well, okay, as long as he's there, like, a couple episodes, like, half the season, I'll be happy. And then we get, like, three episodes, and I'm like, okay, like, that was good, but he's got to be in the second half. And now I'm like, well, if he's at least in the finale, you know, you kind of keep, <laughs> you're like, like... You're, like, dialing down your Negotiating. Yeah. Keep negotiating with myself. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's quite stressful. <laughs> um, yeah. But it might be that it is what it is or that they're not 100% sure, so they were kind of just taking precautions to give him an exit like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, 
I will say that I really enjoyed the end of this episode. So we get the look between Styles and Lydia. You know, he says everything cha- everything's changed, which is very true, especially when it comes to them. And then we kind of go through the characters and we learn that, like, Malia still has summer school and they all still have to graduate. My question is, since Styles is going to D.C., does that mean graduation already happened and when we come back in 6B, it's going to be, like, just summertime? That's kind of what I thought. I don't know how soon, like, a graduation happens after the last day of classes in America. Usually I think it's, like, oh, God, it's been a while. Um, a, a couple of weeks? It's really confusing, honestly, like, because our ours is so different. Ours is, like, you finish all your normal classes, then you actually sit the state-mandated final exams that are the university entrance exams, and that's, like, a whole term of no classes are just the exams and then the graduation is after that like it's you know after you prove that you've actually graduated like and passed the exams so it's really confusing like and and i've said before that our, our university entrance we do not get that until way after we finish school because it depends on those final exams it's not something that you know within your final year of school I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. Did you take this to mean, like, that he was going to DC that day, you know, like, or something like that? I mean, I I guess I kind of assumed, because he was giving up the Jeep, like, he didn't need the Jeep because Lydia was taking him to DC, so why give Scott the Jeep right then and there if he wasn't ready to leave? I don't know. I'm, I'm very confused, like, honestly, so... There's a lot, you know, with this final ending scene is is definitely like a, something that I thought would kind of, you know, be at the end of the whole series, you know. And I don't know if it's that we are, you know, you know, having skipped over graduation or if it is that, um, you know, this is the end of the summer or what what's going on. Like, no idea. Yeah, I think we're going to have to wait until we hear anything about the timeline. Can't any we missed out on their like, summer of happiness together, though. Yeah. It is the end of the summer. Seriously. All those ice cream trips. To the beach. Oh, Man. God. God. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, because it kind of still looked like they were in the school parking lot. Like, it looked like they were looking around the school. Yeah, there. yeah, they definitely were. So, that's yeah, interesting. But. I, this was sort of, honestly, as much as I hate to admit it, you know, it does kind of feel like a Styles give a uh, send off because mm-hmm. Styles gives Scott the Jeep, he gives him a roll of duct tape, which is very funny, and he gives him. He said, "I figured you should have all the copies I secretly made to his house, uh, to his did room." He say secretly, I thought he said that because I, I thought it, he actually said, "I figured you should have all the copies I appear to have made," like in a kind of like whoops way like um i can't i couldn't quite hear it properly but i i, I think it was secretly made oh well i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> check because yeah i was i found that hysterically um like mm-hmm. that less of an admittance of of guilt and more of um how did that happen yeah <laughs> um and the the bat the stupid bat um, oh my god giving it to mason like literally passing the baton to yeah, mason ceremonial bat yeah bat and mason's passing. just like i don't play baseball <laughs> and he's like oh yeah neither do i <laughs> like yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Speaking of Mason, I loved the little tiny bit with him and, and Melissa, you know, when they're healing Corey and him being like, oh, yeah, duh, this, did, did you need to know anything? And it's like, oh, <laughs> how were you when we were trying to translate this, you know, like, horrible Celtic Chris was like, on his deathbed. Yeah, it's so, so cute. Oh, um, I love him. He's so yeah. smart. Yeah. Too smart for his own good. <laughs> um, And then... Styles tells Liam, you know, that his best friend will be the one to always save his ass. And Scott's all like, not always. And he's like, yeah, but most of the time. Mm-hmm. And Liam being the alpha in training, but he can't be because he's not going to kill another alpha. And and that dynamic I'm really interested in because, okay, you can be like, he can be the leader of his group. He is the leader of Hayden, Mason, and Corey. And they respect him. And when Styles or when Scott leaves, he can be the actual leader of the pack. But, and I think like you can gain strength from that. But I don't know if you can necessarily gain the supernatural strength from that because no. he's not technically going to be an alpha still. Yeah, no, he's just like a second unit director. Like he's not. Yeah. He's not. He's not a. He's not going to be an alpha. And the, but I find that interesting. You know, the whole like then I'd have to kill an alpha and blah blah blah. I'm, you know, obviously Scott is a true alpha. The mm-hmm. fact that Douglas is like, I can have a true alpha on my side. I'm like, you realize that true alphas come from like an exemplary character. <laughs> like, so why do you think that he's gonna like be on your side? Like, how, how I had the same exact work? thought. But I'm kind of, you know, and obviously we know with like people like the Hales, they have like kind of an alpha of the pack, and it's like hereditary. Like, you know, Talia was killed. Therefore, Laura became the Alpha, not because Laura killed an Alpha, but because Talia was killed. She was the next mm-hmm. in line. It's my, it was always my impression of that, if you know what I mean. That she would... True. That within the family pack, you can inherit it, and I wonder how that works in, like, a motley, non-hereditary pack like Scott's. Mm-hmm. Like, if Scott died, would one of them automatically... And not was not killed by another werewolf, if he just died somehow um because it's not like kate became an alpha by setting the hail fire you know like right yeah or anything like that i think i think liam would inherit it if scott had died and i think maybe that is sort of how it can work in this way that like he you know maybe they need another ceremony and he (laughs) scott actually passes that title onto him temporarily while he's away and he could still act kind of like an alpha. I don't know if you necessarily have the red eyes, but maybe it would be a supernatural kind of strengthening thing for them. I don't know. Because they definitely have a hereditary, like, yes, you, I yeah. died, and, and you are there. At least that's what they set up with the Hales, and they have not revisited that. But Yeah. So Lydia's helping Styles move into George Washington, and he's going into a pre-FBI program thanks <sighs> to Scott's dad. I think this is pretty cool, though, because we know that Styles, like, this is what Styles wanted to do. He yeah. wanted to be like his father. He wanted to help people. And it's just, it's nice that this is the direction, you know, that he's going in. And even if we don't see Styles again, it's nice to know that, like, he's moving on in his life in a positive way. And, you know, this kind of gives you something to think about and speculate about as the series ends. It's actually cooler than I expected in terms of, like, his... I You know, when he was like, oh, I want to be a cop. Not that there's anything wrong with, like, what Sheriff does and stuff like that. But 
um, the fact that he is becoming not just a detective, but like going into that level of like pre FBI, um, and then going to end up as like you know a detective on that 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 level is really really cool and and much better fit for him than than I expect. Um, yeah, I never once gave a thought to to Raph McCall, you know, having a hookup there and and wanting yeah. styles. But that's that sure is an interesting factor to to play in, um, and it, you know again it like creates this whole world of like well how much do they actually talk to Scott's dad and like Scott's dad clearly has some respect for Styles there and and stuff like that so that's yeah that that's an interesting one and then I, I don't know the relevance of, of UC Davis I know the UC chain of schools is is good um, but the fact that they're like how did you even get into that college to each other I thought thought was a bit. <laughs> Like, <laughs> Scott's been working hard and I think that, you know, really paid off and mm-hmm. it's cool and hopefully we get to see him maybe, you know, starting to gear up for becoming a veterinarian mm-hmm. and we know that Lydia is going into MIT as a junior because she's super smart and it's just this, it is that sort of like dispersal of the group, everyone kind of heading yeah. off in their own direction and it's sad but at the same time like, they're fulfilling their potentials. They're chasing their dreams. It, it's a bittersweetness, I think. Yeah, I have two, two things. I definitely started Google mapping the colleges in terms of like, okay, so how far a drive of that? Even Lydia and Styles, like DC to Washington. Oh, sorry, DC to Boston. Oh, it's Cambridge, not Boston. Um, is still like seven hours drive. Like, and they're both like East Coast. Like, that's like kind of like the quote unquote like tri-state area, or not the tri-state, but like. That, to me, in, in my head, I'm like, those places are close together. Like, Boston, New York, like, D.C. Yeah. Like, they're all, like, that kind of, like, East Coast hub. And that's still seven hours' drive, like, apart yep. from each other. Secondly, how do you feel about Lydia going to Tony Stark's college? Um, amazing. <laughs> You're like, I gave that no thought until the second. Yeah, no, <laughs> none at all. <laughs> But I'm I'm so happy for her, and I'm you know we learned a long time ago like what she was interested in the fact that she's interested in mathematics and science like that is just it's really cool, and I'm glad that they're following up on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but just having all and, these weird imaginings now of like the people involved with their different colleges, like for example Lydia being like in the audience if like Tony Stark gave a commencement speech or like yeah. Styles. <laughs> running into, like, Will Graham and Hannibal Lecter if he ends up going into the FBI program or something like that. Like, um, even though they're, like, off in Argentina being gay married now. Um, so... <laughs> you, you, you mess with the timings a little bit. I'm, I'm thinking about other fictional FBI things and other fictional uh, MIT things of being like, wow. Yeah. So many it's pretty cool. potentials. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, oh... Spinoff series, Lydia <laughs> MIT being a banshee and having to deal with her classes and all of that stuff. Mm. Getting surprise visits from Styles. Mm. It'd be great. But one of the cool things that they they left off here was Styles kind of looks around and says, They still need us, meaning Beacon Hills, you know, the school, the people that live there. And Scott says, They'll always need us. And there's more to this quote, but like that in and of itself kind of mirrors the beginning of this season. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, they will always need them, but that doesn't mean that they can't move on with their lives. 
And it doesn't mean that other people won't be there to help them as well. So I thought it was a really cool kind of full circle moment and also a like, yes, they need us, but we can't put our lives on hold. We've done so much for everybody already that we kind of need to live too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, we get the, and I need you, you know that, I need you too, I'm going to miss you moment and the back and forth. And it was, uh, and they followed up with a joke because Styles lost his driver's license. But, I mean, the relationship these two guys have is so emotional, so sentimental, it's it could be funny, it could be something to laugh at, but it's not. I mean, they've been through so much together, and if anything's proved what a close friendship they have, it's this season, you know? It's, it's realizing what you have once it's gone and them coming back together and everything. It's just, it's it was really well done. Yeah. Yeah, I felt, like, okay about it, you know, like... Again, like, this is the conversation I expected to see in the series finale, basically. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a little bit confused as to what happens in the show now. Like, what's going to be the next season of the show? I'm going to be perfectly honest and say that I'm a little disappointed that this isn't the series finale because it was, for me, not everybody's going to love it. For me, this was literally the perfect ending. I even liked it when, you know, the sheriff comes onto the radio, the scanner, and says there's a body in the woods, <laughs> and they flip it off, they ignore it, oh, they yeah. keep driving, they drive off into the sunset, into the lens flare. It's such it's such a full circle moment. I mean, literally, from the pilot, yeah. it mirrors sure. it so perfectly. Yeah, the, the sheriff... You know the radio thing, and the, and then the kind of driving from, that driving off into the sunset. Those are the beats that you put into a series finale. Exactly, yeah. like that's exactly what you would do. So it, I do think that it's definitely meant to signify that this is the end of the normal show, and that the next yeah. season is going to be like a bit weird. Like that it's going to be like either a time jump, or that it's going to be like something odd, like you know, like setting setting you know, that it's going to focus on, on really different things. So it's like a weird follow-up because I think this was meant to be the end of the normal show. I'm kind of mad about it. Like not mad and like, I'm going to go, you know, destroy people on Twitter mad, but like I'm upset because it was so perfect. It was so good. And I, I want this, if this was the last moment for Teen Wolf ever, I would have cried a lot more, first of all. Yeah. But it would have been such a positive series finale. And not that I don't have faith that, you know, whatever comes next is going to be good. Because, like I said, this season so far, I think it's my favorite. It's just, it's been so solid for me. But whatever comes next could change the way that I view this. And I, I don't want it to. And I'm worried. And I, I want the ending to feel like an ending. And I want it to be... You know, with Scott and Styles, like ending the show on Scott and Styles. Yeah, and I kind you of can't get any better they, than that. I kind of hope that they will, but I don't know. I don't know at what point they knew that the show was ending in the writing period. Like, you know, I don't know if you know. We know that, like, you know, when they were producing season six, they kind of, you know, they announced it 
obviously at Comic-Con. We know that not too many people knew about it before that, even of the cast and crew. And so I don't know at what point they were writing this ending. I'm pretty sure that they were not finished writing the season when we saw them at Comic-Con, so they may have written this knowing that the the end was coming. Um, Possibly they just knew that Dylan's end was coming, and so they were writing a series finale for Styles. But... Yeah. And they were like, okay, so we, we know that we're losing him, so we're going to write that ending that we always wanted to do at the end of the show and then do something weird after that. Like, But, I don't know, I really hope that the next season I would take, like, a focus episode on each character. Like, I would take a musical... No, I would not take a musical episode. That's not, <laughs> that is a lie. Um, but I would take, like, you know, like I would. I, what I want for the next season is for every episode to have a cameo of someone and for it to be a really naturalistic, well-written exploration of that character, basically, in a way that's not like, um, oh, where have you been, in a way that everyone is dropped in assuming that they know each other. Maybe not with the junior pack, but, like, with Scott and, say, Isaac, Jackson, whatever, Derek, um, and Cora... And all the people to come in and talk that gives us the impression that everyone has known everyone off screen, if you know what I mean, or known what's going on with everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of want 6B to be like the the limited series reunion thing that like everybody's doing right now it's just happening immediately after the show ends yeah Yeah, yeah, but it's just like happening immediately after the show ends instead of like ten years five years like you know everyone's there um but yeah there's lots of untold stories and i would really like to see some people return especially if there's not going to be styles i would really like to see some some of the people that we've loved mm-hmm. and lost to return. Yes. And I just want to say really quickly, though, that in our next episode, um, so I had an interview with Jeff, and we talked about some things. I asked him some pretty pointed questions, <laughs> and um, his wow. answers were the best that he could give me, but they'll definitely, like, give us some things to talk about. So I'd like to go through the interview and kind of discuss what we learned. And then I'd also like to do some speculation for 6B. So next time we come back, whether it's in a week or two, I'm not sure what our schedule is going to be like yet. Um, we will do some 6B speculation with some of the information that we learned. And is it is it announced that they're returning in the summer? Like, that was in the press release. Does that mean we're meant to say that? Yeah, it's totally fine. They, okay. it's. I don't know if they've necessarily like officially announced it. They'll probably put it up on Twitter after the yeah, episode the, airs. Spoiler: material, We're recording this ahead of time. The material for the for the episode that was provided to us was saying, you know, that that six B will return in the summer. So that's quite, you know, it's it's February the first. So, or in my country, mm-hmm. it is. Any, yeah, it's February the first. <laughs> is it February the first for you? No, it's thirty first of no. January for you. Yep. <laughs> That's quite a while. So I'm curious. It is. I, my big thing is, are they going to do a last Comic-Con panel? Like, knowing that this is... Because last time, we didn't know it was the end. And there was a really weird vibe. And then, 
but I've already I've spoken about before. I went to like the Hannibal panel at Comic Con in 2015 when they knew it was ending. Like it was midway through season three and they knew it was ending. But it was so loving and celebratory and gorgeous uh, because of that. And I'm wondering if they'll do a final Teen Wolf panel. Like if if it's airing in the middle of the if it's airing over the summer and it's ten episodes, it's likely that like in mid July the season won't be finished. And so will they do, like, a Teen Wolf celebration final thing at Comic-Con? Is what I want to know. Or are they just going to be like, yeah, we're just going to, like, push that to the side and not focus on it? I don't know. I, I really want don't these answers. Yeah. Someone tell me. <laughs> just tell me. Either way, no. it is interesting that like they expected to do the twenty episode run straight through, no break. Now they're taking a break. What does this mean in terms of filming schedules? Will this allow somebody like Dylan to come back? Is it is it allowing other people to make cameos? It, hmm. Are they just trying to make it last longer? Like is TV MTV just trying to prolong it? Don't know, but it's certainly a thing that is drawing out Teen Wolf, which I'm not super upset about because I'm still trying to come to It's a very terms. slow death. I thought it would be it is. <laughs> But at least we have some, you know, we've got a hiatus now. We've got a couple of months and we'll try to figure out what we're going to talk about. But mm. um, we know what we're going to do next episode and, you know, fly by the seat of our pants for the rest is what we usually do. But that pretty much wraps up this episode, though. Yeah. So I guess until next week, we'll see you guys later. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. This is Jeff Davis. You're listening to Not Another Teen Wolf Podcast, my favorite podcast in the world. Okay. I have to run and put on pants. So Yes. Um, um, put on pants, then run. Okay. Cool.